0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this two-part episode with Joel. You are currently listening to part two. If you missed part one, you can go ahead and click back using a link we have in the description. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Delivered Zoomer podcast. I'm your host, Katya Borger.
1: And I'm your co-host, Silas Maynard. We'd like to thank Discover Praxis for sponsoring and making this show possible. And we really hope you enjoy today's episode of the Deliberate Zoomer podcast. Um, I'm, I'm really curious. You've talked a lot about shipping things and, and I just maybe want to have you reiterate like, what do you recommend to people who are tend to be perfectionists and they're like, hey, I just want to make sure this is right. What what are your two you know, two cents for those people who are like really, I just want to get this right, I don't want to look bad, et cetera.
2: Yeah. Two cents. But what is right? You know, like <laughs> it's sort of a, we 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 have these perfectionists. Ideals, but then where do they even come from? We just we kind of construct them in my, our own heads. Um, but more specifically, it's just something that the more you start practicing the art of shipping imperfectly, the more you get excited about that. The more you almost you want to keep doing it and have that bias because you realize that that's where you get you catalyze the most growth is when you just say, you know what, that's not quite ready yet, but I'm going to ship it anyway, and then you do that all the time and you kind of get this compounding effect and having this bias towards shipping and then you actually really see the results come back at you because you're not going to get results if you don't ship you know um that's why i recommend the blogging challenge so so much it literally transformed my life because it teaches you the art of shipping that blog post even if you're not sure it's it's good enough or whatnot I remember I remember feeling quite vulnerable on a few of my posts. I was like, I don't know if people are gonna like this, they're gonna criticize me, they're gonna because you're expressing yourself, and it's possible people won't like you, but that's that's creativity. Like that, this is what it's all about. I mean, it's it's literally about becoming alive, becoming, you know, forging a path that's true to you. That it's all about breaking the mold, doing what's true, what's, what's unique to you. And so you are by definition standing out. And so, yeah, perfectionism, um, it's, it's really, you know, the age old phrase, it's the enemy of good because where you get the most value is having that bias for imperfect action. And that's, that's how I've gotten all the results in my life. When I started my, my music nonprofit, the first concert I put on, this is classical musicians, we performed in a CrossFit gym because that was the venue that I could get. And I just wanted to get a concert together. And it was really hot and it was not ideal conditions, but you know what? We had a concert and people showed up and it was exciting. And then I was like, Ooh, let's, let's keep going. And then, then the next concert was more, you know, and a better venue and I iterated, right. It's about iterating the first podcast I ever recorded. I was like really nervous. I had everything planned out all at my bullet point this was a solo show that I did all my bullet points what I was going to say. And I was worried I wasn't going to be able to speak for the 15 minutes straight. And then now I can just turn on a mic without thinking about it. And I can speak for 15 minutes straight. That's because of the process of iteration, right? So if you play the long game and understand that when you ship, even if imperfectly, uh, then you're going to get better the more you ship. And that's how all artists operate. You know, everyone starts off at a lower level than than later on in their careers, right?
0: Mm -hmm. So I would be interested to circle back a little bit to writing. You'd mentioned a few times now, the 30-day writing challenge, and you had also mentioned putting a blog section on your website. So for somebody like me, two years ago, if somebody would have asked me to write a blog post, I would have said, no way, I can't do it. I wouldn't even know where to start. And now writing just happens to be one of my favorite things to do. But where would you, um, what would you recommend to somebody who was sort of more like me, or somebody who just has no idea where to start when it comes to writing?
2: Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, what I did when I first started was I I did plan out some of the posts. Like I I was like trying to stay ahead of okay, I'm gonna have this have this topic. Um, you know, I had like six topics that were already loosely planned out so that. I wasn't just going to have a complete, uh, less of a risk of drawing a complete blank um, in terms of if you want to do the blogging challenge of writing every single day. Um, so there's nothing wrong with planning out things. Um, it's just over time, you'll, you'll realize you don't need to, need to do that as much. So, you know, sit down and just make a list of topics that you're, that you have something to say about, and you do have something to say, you know, it can be anything. That's the fun of the blog. It's just Write about your interest in bird watching or your interest in your analysis of Stranger Things or <laughs> whatever the case may be, something more professional, it's up to you. Um, and no matter what you write about, it's going to be valuable, by the way. If, if you're writing about Stranger Things, then you're showing some that you're a whole person, that you have other sides of you, that you have an interest in a particular story. So yeah, just follow your interests. And another kind of tip is to keep it short. So when I first started blogging, I was writing pretty long or medium-sized posts. Then I realized I could just do short posts and it won't take as long. And it was like a lower friction. So I did a lot. Like in 2020, I was blogging most of 2020 every day. And I was just blogging one, two, three sentences. And it was this fun little game. And it it can create a constraint for yourself. What can I write? in you know, 30 words or less, three sentences or less. That's the constraint I have for my blog and for my writing. Well, often that constraint actually breeds the creativity and it makes it easier. So then you can be less overwhelmed, perhaps, and just write a few sentences. Now, it might be a little bit nerve wracking because you, you might have an urge to explain everything and pr- provide the caveats and qualifiers for what you're saying. Um, So at the end of the day, you know, you're never going to, there's always going to be when you press the publish button, there's always going to be that most of the time, even for me now, when I, when I, when I've actually published, there's a little bit of that, of that feeling of of vulnerability because I'm putting myself out there and that's just something to get accustomed to. So recognizing that that feeling is always going to most likely always going to be there. And then just trying to see if you can make it a little kind of lower the friction and make things a little simpler for yourself
1: how has writing in general especially since you've done a lot of it and now especially with the daily uh, the daily newsletters how has it helped you develop besides just in your career and kind of personally and other, otherwise
2: yeah i mean it's definitely been a discipline and that's the other piece of advice is to to make it a routine uh, i just write when i'm running the newsletter i'm running every morning it's one of the first activities and that's just this groove that I've built, and you realize that creativity is a habit. Um, and I'd sort of known that because I was, you know, a, a trained musician, and I developed that consistency muscle through practicing my instrument. Um, but the writing muscle was a new level of that, where you're creating something from scratch. You're creating, you're creating a, a blog post or whatever, whatever it is, from scratch. It's 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 um, your blank slate, and so that's a muscle. Be able to show up every single day. Um, outside of that, I mean, writing has helped me clarify my ideas, uh, clarify my communication skills in general. My ability to speak has improved as a result of writing, um, becoming more economical, more clear, uh, eliminating words that aren't necessary as a key part of becoming an effective writer so that you can have the most impact. So definitely there's been those ripple effects and those side benefits.
0: What does your writing process look like as far as, um, I know a lot of people will listen to music while they write and a lot of people have like really ingrained routines that they follow every single day to keep the creativity going. What is uh, your technique with that?
2: Yeah, I think for writing, I typically... I'll put uh, right now at least I, my routine is I have a YouTube video that's um, it's a I don't know if you know about binaural beats to help you focus. Mm-mm. So it's like a it's like a frequency that's playing and that's um, helping your brain waves kind of focus in um, binaural beats. And so there's different waves settings you can put it at to to help you get those brain waves at a certain level. Um, so this particular one is is binaural beats, and then there's it's kind of like a peaceful music surrounding these binaural beats, these, these just tones, these frequencies. Uh, <laughs> so I have that going. It helps me kind of like dial in my focus, um, and then I might put like a timer on. Uh, I don't always do that, but I might put a timer on. That I, hel- I find that helps me. Okay, for the next fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, this is just a writing block and like go complete focus. It's, it's, it's about that, that deep concentration is so valuable in order to get in that flow state.
1: Interesting. I think that's really fascinating. I, I, at one point when I was blogging a lot, I, um, I used to always do it at Starbucks in the morning because I spent a lot of time at Starbucks, or I'd always do it in the morning and frequently at Starbucks, I'd say. And whenever I'd go there, I just immediately come, come, up, come up with ideas. And I also had a playlist too that I'd listen to, but I definitely want to check out that, that, uh, this yeah. You, this music. yeah
2: well another hack is what i'll do not always with writing but if i'm doing other tasks um and i'm trying to focus is if you if you pick a song and you put it on a repeat that might sound that might sound mind-numbing to some people but uh i know tim Ferriss has talked about this and like you can if you put a song on a repeat then it can help you stay in the zone more because you're just it's just the same thing over and over and then you, and then it's and then if you pick the same song then your brain first like uh, like you might pick a certain song to associate with a certain task then that, then as soon as you play that song it's going to activate you and get you into that flow state earlier so there's little tips like that um yeah what matters most is just is just showing up you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah i can Whoa. definitely i can vouch for that um for the song suggestion i used to have one of the two cellos playlist and i would turn it on every time i needed to write and it would just completely pull me in the zone it was amazing
1: what what are some of the things that you've observed in gen z professionals people starting out their career that are i guess strengths and some of the weaknesses and the things that they could work on
2: that's a fun question all right um Strengths is like this creative energy. There's a lot of Gen Z. I'm, I'm like totally serious. I actually am partial. I love my millennial friends, but I'm actually partial to Gen Z. Like some of my close friends are Gen Z, and I'm I love a lot of the creative energy that's coming out. To say, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make my TikTok channel, and I'm just gonna say what I want, and I'm gonna dance, and I'm gonna like. It's a really a lot of creative expression and individuality coming out, and like a sense of. I don't need to do what you think I'm supposed to do. I think that's actually quite healthy for the most part. Um, having that sense of, of, uh, being, being, being true to what you want. And I think there's a lot of like independence and agency. That's, that's a high value from any Gen Z, um, a desire a can do like, yeah, I could start my own business. I mean, I just, I just met this woman who, uh, Um, she's a CEO. She's, I think she's maybe 24 now, but she started her first company when she was 20. And she, she's dropped out of college and just, just like moved to Silicon Valley type of thing. I mean, really impressive. Um, and so I love that quality, that, that creative, uh, that creative, uh, gumption, uh, in terms of elements to perhaps improve is. we've talked about the deep the deep concentration piece and I'm sort of I'm one of my things this is even like my thing amongst millennials or like anyone like any generation like in the modern world with with digital the digital world with so much information at at our fingertips the ability to be um, conscious about how you engage with the digital world so that you can Create the most value and have the most leverage. Have the most have a sense of of deep work. Have a sense of patience. So that's that's a one a patience muscle. I think both millennial and Gen Z we could work on. Um, compared to perhaps a few generations ago, you, I think that you know I think it's pretty clear that attention span has gone down. Um, mm-hmm. But like just more broadly, a sense of long delayed gratification, patience, understanding that you might plant a seed on one day and it might not blossom for two years or whatever. Um, but understanding that sense of, you know, that patience that a gardener would have in, in in watering his plants, right. That it's just, it's going to take time. So how can you invest in that sort of longer game? Can you see a big time horizon can you think can you think 5 10 20 years where what could you what could what could you build over time where you look you just make a one 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 bite of the elephant a day for 10 20 years and that could be a substantial um, project that you build right so i think that that immediacy of gratification can be a strength, but also because there's a sense of like, I'm going to do what I want. Right. And I'm not just going to do what I'm supposed to do, but also the patience muscle is something that can be, that can be developed.
1: I think that's something that really resonates with me a lot. Patience is definitely not my strong suit, never has been. Um, I've had mentors who tell me I need to work on it. I've had mentors who tell me, nah, that's just not you. Don't Mm -hmm. don't do it. But I, I definitely think that like, there's a certain extent where I'm like, Hey, I really, you know, six months feeling like a long time is it's not a long time and I should learn how to deal with that. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. That's really helpful.
0: So I think we're just about ready to close this up, but I have one more question for you. You are obviously so very passionate about what you do. And I'm wondering, where did you find this passion? Like, where did you find where to tap into it and really just put it into what you are doing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the passion comes from, I mean, what inspires me when I'm really being going down to the root of it is a desire to see. Children, their natural curiosity—I want that to flourish. So, <clears throat> you look at a three-year-old kid, and he—he's playful, he's uninhibited, asking questions, um, full of enthusiasm. And as someone, I've—I've I've worked in the schools, these school settings, in, in every grade level. I mean, I've—I've I've taught K through graduate school every every grade level and so i see the sort of patterns of how that curiosity over time tends to tends to dwindle in our culture and so many people are going through these these traditional routes these systems and i know that deep down everyone has that curiosity it's born into us so yeah. I mean, it kind of just started with when I, when I, like I said, when I was in college and I started questioning, what is, what is my philosophy of education? And that's just really, really what that was, was me becoming philosophical in general, like figuring out how does the world work? What's the nature of reality? Like I'm interested in philosophy and in psychology um, following all that and, and realizing, Oh, humans could evolve, you know, like, we could evolve where people are more curious and creative and alive and then you see all and so there's all that and then there's just like I'm inspired I'm, in, I'm passionate because you see all of the so many problems in the world I mean the laundry list of problems like systemic problems Um, we could just pull one off, off the list like depression and anxiety and it's like well what what are some of the root causes of that right well if you don't have a sense of of agency in life you're not you're not aligned with what you want to be doing you're just kind of maybe going through the motions you're showing up to a job that you don't like that drudgery um, it's cuz you maybe you've lost touch with that that natural curiosity that you were born with so like that's what drives me i want people to 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 engage with that and i want to build paradigms where we're in, where people are not dependent upon these traditional institutions and they they can mm-hmm they can, um, not just crumble, but like we can build new, we can build something where kids, parents, teachers, everybody can, can be served better, you know, cause I was a teacher. I empathize with teachers. Um, I'm always curious to connect with teachers because I know how, how hardworking they are. And, and so many are just so passionate, but also frustrated. So it's like, Hey, let's do better, and let's serve kids. Let's serve the natural learning process, and let's let's create a better world. You know,
0: that is a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much, Joel Siles. Did you have any other questions, actually?
1: No, I mean, I think there's so many things we could dive into, but I really, I really appreciate you coming on, Joel. I think um, the work you're doing is is amazing, and I'm really excited to can to stay in touch with you as we go forward. Of course, to understand the things, the kind of things you learn from interacting with these community of people looking and basically changing the way, changing the way people look for jobs, changing the way people look at their careers. And I think that maybe perhaps in a year or so, we we might be able to have a conversation around how independent careers and kind of career tracks are going to be changing the way the entire world works, because obviously as enough people kind of seek more independence and their own things and follow their creativity, if if that's what we find, which which I think we can all agree on is a good thing, it'll obviously force kind of corporations and the traditional uh world to shift a little bit. So I'm I'm curious to see how this continues to change. And I think thank you so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, totally agree. And thanks so much for having me. And I'm really, really excited about what you guys are what you guys are up to as well. And um yeah, I think I think the there's a sort of an inevitability perhaps about the trajectory of of careers, of, of the economy, of education, all these things um, with technology alone. Um, but also people's people's awareness and and their their tapping into that new paradigm and real and having some of these light bulb moments and realizing that there that there's that there's better ways. So yeah, I would love to stay in touch. I'm really excited to to continue the conversation in the future. So thanks again.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed.
1: Please do like, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that review and
0: that rating. And we'll see you next time on the Deliberate Zoomer Podcast.